Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Alright, let me go ahead and get this turned down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double, and you're now tuned in to episode 102 of season two of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Uh, sorry for the delay. I had some issues with uh, one of the cords uh, that plugs into my mic. I'm using a M Audio producer uh, USB microphone, and he used one. one he uses one of those printer type cables. You know, it has the funny box shape, and then has the USB port on the other end. So I recorded a whole last show last, uh, what was that, Wednesday, and the it, the cord was all fucked up, and then all you heard was static once I got it mixed down, so I did a whole bunch of talking, and ain't shit happened, and you know me, I wasn't checking to uh, see the feedback when I recorded each uh, segment of the show, you know, with the Summer Jam screen, uh, Selling Hope Like Dope, Hold This L, Not All Heroes Wear Capes, and Health Over Wealth. I record those separately but usually i go back and listen to the segment and take out the peaks and the, the p's and the t's and the, you know the hard words and uh you know i uh you know uh soften those uh i turn down the amplification on those that's what i do in the editing process very strenuous process but you know i was just i just mixed it all together and then i went through uh taking down all my peaks and uh then i went to the then after i got it mixed and rendered and exported i was trying to play it back before i uploaded it to uh soundcloud itunes and stitcher and i was just like yo what the fuck like you heard the intro and everything else it just sounded like you know somebody was just you know crumpling up you know paper that's all it sounded like so we here uh we're gonna rock we're gonna make it do what it do uh hopefully this doesn't sound too dated but um yeah i appreciate y'all rocking with me uh did y'all let's talk about the white lives matter rally that happened uh a few weeks ago not a few weeks ago but um <clears throat> excuse me i am tripping uh happened yeah a couple weeks ago uh down in uh, shelbyville tennessee and uh what was interesting about this this wasn't just you know some rednecks and uh, some robes you know going around screaming white lives matter and shit like that and you know blood and soil and all this other shit it was this was like well organized and what was interesting about this and this is the only thing that i will say about this this rally is uh white folks are scared um a lot of them are scared because america is getting darker it is we knew we knew this was going to happen um what is it by the year what is it the late 2030s or by 2040 something like that the the majority population that just like white folks will be the minority excuse me let me plug in this damn macbook give me a second because uh getting a signal and some more technical difficulties but anyways um so what that was what the whole rally was about uh them being worried economically and uh so the immigration policies so many darker folks coming in here darker folks um reproducing at a higher rate than them uh, them not being able to reproduce as much and uh they are they are actually worried some of the organizers were saying in a washington post article that they were worried with trump being president you're like why are they worried because there's infighting with the white supremacists you got different groups like the proud boys the alt-right you got nazis the old school kkk you got these uh confederate militia groups so there's so much infighting and bickering and all this other shit that they're worried that the white agenda will not be pushed to the mainframe and this is the perfect time to do it they think with having a uh, uh white supremacist in the office right now 
Um, but yeah, I just found that that article was very interesting. Let me give you the title of the, the article real quick. Give me just a second here. Um, White Lives Rally Organizers Adjust Strategy to Avoid Becoming Another Charlottesville. That's what the WAPO um, uh, article title is. But I just found it very interesting to see that quote, because if y'all remember, I talked about it uh, not too long ago. Um, I don't know, probably about 20 shows ago, 20, 30 shows ago. Uh, there was a YouTube video of one of those alt-right trolls. He was at some kind of uh, Confederate rally, and he was there with them, them Confederate right-wing extremists who, you know, walk around in the tactical vest, you know, the uh, camo pants, the you know, the the boots, you know, the high boots come up to your goddamn knee almost, and they got you know uh, AR-15s on their back, and then they got like a fucking utility belt like Batman on. And the guy was out there with these uh, Pepe the Frog um, uh, placards and signs. And they were like, yo, get the fuck out of here. This ain't Comic Con and all this other shit. Like they were ready for war and they beat the shit out of them and yoked them up. And what was interesting was how the YouTube video was uh, was worded. It was like uh, Latino uh, Confederate soldier or confederate militia member uh chokes out white alt-right member or something like that and it was just like nah the dude was dude was white with olive skin who yoked him up like that but there's a bunch of infighting with these white supremacist groups out here so i just found that very very interesting that they're so worried with trump being in office because there's so much division and uh so many different factions of white supremacist groups who feel like they should be leading this uh this white fright movement as i like to call it well i just called it that that's i should coin that phrase but yeah it's a white fright movement that we're seeing right now you know there's a lot of frightened uh bigots out there who are scared because you got the asians you know making so much money now uh above you know white folks in this pay grade you got black folks finally waking up and knowing uh their political power and their uh their monetary value the power that they have monetarily and using social media to link up and understand what system that we're actually in you know it's just like Neely fuller said if you don't understand white supremacy you know everything else will confuse you and uh, a lot of black folks are waking up and getting on the same page and understanding that we need to replace this system with a system of justice so it's getting a little scary and we're seeing numerous articles come out we saw them a lot come out in 2015 2016 about the uh low birth rates of white folks going on right now and uh and selling hope like dope i'm a talk a little bit more about that correlation with an article that's being promoted heavily online right now so let's see what else that we got on that good old summer jam screen uh man we had that uh that muslim attack in new york city uh you know i knew right off bat when uh, we found out that this was an isis sympathizer uh and a muslim that uh president trump was gonna come out right away and uh you know uh speak like he was the leader of this country and not a white supremacist um and there was just so much talk about you know immigration and all this other shit but we didn't have this kind of response you know with the vegas shooting at all you know we didn't have this whole response of well we need to start talking about gun control and then you know having these uh these modifications to these guns to make them automatics and to fire fast fire even faster without squeezing the trigger multiple times turning it into an automatic we didn't have that discussion at all why because a lot of these gun manufacturers funnel their money through the nra and the nra influences uh our congress and people up on the hill by you know putting a fat check in their pocket um but uh yeah so if you don't know there was a isis sympathizer that uh, drove his uh truck drove a rental truck up on um, a bike path and i think he killed what eight people or something like that and hurt about 10 more um yeah so you got a brown muslim who was an isis sympathizer and what was so fucking crazy about this 
was he had the audacity to request an ISIS flag in his hospital room. And then on top of that, the cops didn't kill him. They just injured him. You know, they shot him to injure him so he would go to trial and something come to justice or some shit like that. But Eric Gardner got choked out for some Lucy's. Um, Walter Scott got shot in the back for running from a cop and he tried to plant a gun. We don't even know what happened to Sandra Bland. It's just amazing to me how this cop who shot the, the ISIS terrorist hit him with a non-fatal shot, but somehow these black folks just keep dying at the hands of cops. I mean, you look at Jordan Edwards, he was leaving a party and the cop sniped him when the, the car was driving away from a party, a house party. It's, it's amazing to me just how we don't see the correlation of white supremacists and white extremists and uh, white identity extremists um, being in law enforcement and none of them being convicted of anything. Just amazing to me. This, this man was a clear terrorist sympathizer, plowed through a crowd of people, killing eight, but somehow he was taken alive and shot non-fatally. That was the thing that just pissed me smooth the fuck off. Just sent me right off the deep end. Just something very, very fucking disgusting. And then speaking of disgusting, what the fuck? Did y'all see what's going on with this trial of this whole um, justice for Jazzy? Um, the sister uh, who basically had a bigoted uh, white supremacist um, roommate who was doing all kind of disgusting shit to her and getting her sick. She was putting like bodily fluids on her toothbrush, combs, soaps, lotions, um, wiping period blood on this young lady's book bag. And the woman kept getting sick. And so this woman, the, the white lady who did all this uh, evil demonic shit, she was expelled from the college you know she she won't be going back which is great but at first they were just going to charge her with um some kind of misdemeanor bullshit like mischief or something but now it's actually being deemed as a hate crime which is amazing and as it should have been from the get-go they was going to try to let this shit kind of slide up under the rug and just charge her with like criminal mischief or something like that and nobody knows what type of bodily fluids this black woman ingested. She kept on getting horrible sore throats and kept getting ill. So I think that this uh, this demon was uh, probably wiping her ass with the sister's toothbrush or scrubbing the toilet or something like that with it. All because she didn't want, uh, she called the, the black lady Jamaican Barbie because she was so pretty. You know, so that was just hating right there. That's all that that was. And she didn't want the sister as her roommate. And uh, man, y'all got to be careful. You really do have to be careful out here. Um, out of all the apartments that I lived in, I was so paranoid with, um, and rightfully so, um, with things of like maintenance coming in and changing out furnace filters or, you know, they come in and, you know, inspect something, you know, you know how apartments do, you know, they always come through, check the smoke detectors and shit like that. Out of all the apartments I lived in, man, every time that I got those notices, I would always take my toothbrush to work or I would hide it somewhere in a plastic bag. Always, always. Cause I just, if I'm not there, I just don't know what they're doing. You know, and I don't put it past anybody. And I was remember I used to live downtown. Uh, me and my wife, she was my fiance at the time. And a guy came in to uh, fix a door um, like the little latch broke on one of the sliding doors or whatever for the bathroom, which was weird. We had a little cheap ass sliding door for the bathroom. But uh, he came in and fixed the hinge and he was telling me, you know, how bad he was doing out in these streets. <coughs> And how fucked up in the game he was uh you know he used to have his own little business his handyman business and he fell under so now he's doing that 
uh, doing apartment maintenance and he said he's only making like 11 12 bucks an hour and uh, he's living with his mother-in-law in the basement and shit like that and you know just you know this woe is me ass story and I was just like I'm happy I am home because I wouldn't put it past him that he was still something I just wouldn't I wouldn't put it past him he, he would steal something he looked like a creep maybe uh sniffing some uh my fiance's my wife's panties or some shit like that I was just happy to be home when he came in to work on that lot because he just looked like a creep and uh just from the conversations we had it just just some real you know uh, it seemed like he was desperate and he would do what he could to keep you know some money in his pockets and he kept complimenting how nice the apartment was and uh you know and shit like that and i'm just like yep uh-huh yep and he was asking me what i did and i'm like yep i'm a delivery driver and stuff like that and he's like oh you probably make really good money i'm like uh no not really because i feel like when people say ask that you know i feel like they trying to fill out my pockets and see what i'm doing you know and try to you know you never know if you're a victim of a home invasion you know so but i say that to say this uh you know just 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 hide your personals you know especially for my young folks if you're out there in college and shit like that take your fucking toothbrush with you you know you can stick it right in your book bag you know take your soap with you you know even though soap is self-cleaning you just never know what somebody did you know they might have stuck the whole bar up their asshole or something like that and uh yeah just you know put it in a little ziploc bag take that shit with you be a-o-k-a but I think that's all that I have for this good old Summer Jam screen. So my nigga Hove, what you gotta say? Don't be the next get tested on that Summer Jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. All right, so moving on to selling hope like dope. Uh, I came across a tweet that uh, gained some legs. Um, let me pull it up real quick i should have been ready before i started this segment but y'all can just bear with a player and enjoy this music one time let's see here i just organized every single app on my phone and i can't pull up my screenshots there we go there we go all right so it was by the it's pp black com is the um is the at handle on Twitter and it's the Planned Parenthood black community. And it says, if you're a black woman in America, it's statistically safer to have an abortion than to carry a pregnancy to term or give birth. Hashtag scary stats. Now this is an official black parent, black planned parenthood account. Say that three times fast, but they do have almost 7,000 followers and the tweet gains some traction and uh for me you know i know i hope this doesn't sound like mansplaining um but on the outside looking in we know the start of planned parenthood was basically started by a eugenist named margaret sanger who basically wanted to get rid of the um the bums of the the united states or whatever um so to speak uh you know like poor white folks uh mainly people of color specifically black folks so she went around to um like black churches and uh got deacons and preachers and pastors on the uh payroll to uh spread her message of eugenics but to fancy it in a way that would be accepted to the black community so to see this tweet uh it, it's really puzzling to me so i was like let me do some research let's see how this is because that's a very damaging statement basically saying black women get an abortion instead of you know carrying a pregnancy to term it's very dangerous right so you got these right wingers jumping on this twitter account responding and saying this is what the liberal left wants and, and a side note is i always think it's odd that liberals are like pro-choice and conservatives are you know pro-life because if you look at it a liberal you know wants to give everything away yada 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 and shouldn't they just be pro-life you know bringing more life in into the world and then as far as a conservative shouldn't they 
be under the guise because conserve is in there so you're trying to conserve resources and things of that sort so wouldn't you want women to be pro-choice and to have more abortions so it wouldn't be overpopulations and things like that if you had that mindset that's always through just threw me threw me off just thinking about that you know it would seem like a liberal you know would want to be pro-life and then a, a conservative want to be pro uh pro-choice or whatever you know just to conserve more things but it, i don't know maybe i'm just odd like that or maybe it just makes too much damn sense because you know once the baby's born then it's like uh, with a conservative that baby need to get a job if his parents you know aren't fit to raise them you know what i'm saying it's just like as soon as that baby come out the womb it's like okay it's time for you to get a job because your daddy is a crackhead your mama's a meth head and well we don't want you living off the government's teat only corporate welfare is accepted on this side buddy but anyways so i'm looking so i find an article on uh la times they have an article and <clears throat> excuse me and it's titled the quiet crisis among african-americans pregnancy and childbirth are killing women at inexplicable rates so i'm like okay cool we're about to dish out some numbers here so basically it says as many as 60,000 expected mothers suffer problems that come close to costing them their lives it doesn't give us a ratio a breakdown racial ratio of how many of these 60,000 women you know could be suffering uh problems from birth from giving birth that could almost cost them them lives so then i was like well let me look at the cdc so the cdc has uh stats and it says and i quote um pregnancy related deaths okay so sadly about 700 women die each year in the u.s as a result of pregnancy or delivery complications so that's a that's a total just a whole last total 700 women die per year do y'all know how many women are in the united states right now it's more than men it's just a little bit more than men it's about 158 million women just over that almost almost 158 and a half million women are in the united states and you telling me 700 women die from birth related uh illnesses or just complications from giving birth so i'm like oh okay i don't know what the criteria is to make something an epidemic but 700 out of 158 million point three those are pretty good odds so then i go back to this tweet and i was like saying if you're a black woman in america it's statistically safer to have an abortion than to carry a pregnancy to to term or give birth which is you would think that it's like thousands of women dying in the black community about this and so i go back to the cdc and then i'm looking at more numbers and then they finally have a breakdown of uh birth related deaths of women per hundred thousand uh births given right so per hundred thousand but the span is from 2011 to 2013 on the cdc's website so it says with black women um 43.5 deaths happened per 100,000 births between 2011 and 2013. So if you average that out, <clears throat> that 43 and a half, excuse me, y'all bear with me here. I'm going through some things here. I was supposed to have all my notes together. So that's 14 and a half if it's even per three years but you know for those three years it's probably spiked here dipped here and spiked there so i'm trying to figure out how is this an epidemic so then i go back to the la times article and they're not giving us any numbers they're not giving us any numbers about black women except for what's going on in texas so then they have some maternal mortality ratio from 1987 to 2013 and this includes all women um the the rate has actually doubled per hundred thousand live births back in 87 it was about 7.2 women dying from birth and uh birth related complications up to 2013 it's all the way up to 17.3 per hundred thousand live births but it's still it's not talking about black women okay so then 
we move on to Texas. Um, it says the maternal death rate in Texas after 2010 has reached levels not seen in, in other U- U.S. states. So then you're like, OK, well, let's see what's going on in Texas. Now, granted, this article is trying to tell you that there's an epidemic going around, uh, going on across the whole United States, but they can only give you Texas numbers. Right. And like I said before, a whole total of 700 women pass each year out of 158.3 million women in the country dying from complications from childbirth. But in Texas, they found that black mothers accounted for about 11.4 percent of texas births in 2011 and 2012 but they were 28.8 percent of pregnancy related deaths so almost 30 percent of the pregnancy related deaths in texas and that's that is a that's that's crazy right there that is a very high number right but i want the total number of the united states but they can't give it to us so that was the only thing that i found was at 43.5 per uh, per hundred thousand between 2011 and 2013 so they, they hit you with this number but like i said i just feel like this article was clickbaiting because you actually look at the actual numbers and i know 700 deaths that's still crazy but it's out of 158 million out of 158 million that's not even one percent but anyways so then they start talking with um uh, women's groups down in texas and uh women who actually suffered you know very hard births and a, a lot of it stemmed from um hypertension diabetes um chronic heart disease and flat out racism they just called it out uh, what's this sister's name uh in this article uh, it also talked about how a lot of these women are uninsured and uh, in uh, Texas alone, about 19 percent of women are uninsured between the ages of 19 and 64. That's a big ass chunk of women, almost 20 percent. OK, but anyways, let me see uh, the sister um, Marsha Jones. She's the founder and executive director of the Afia Center in Dallas, which is helping black women you know get their health game in order so they can give healthy births and uh help them deal with these bigoted ass doctors and nurses uh because she was talking about that just being a black woman in america comes with its own level of stress and um then uh she said there's a study a 2009 study uh done by social science and medicine uh researchers from usc and uh, harvard and they uh it was talking about the racism experience of u.s born and foreign born black pregnant women and found that chronic exposure to racial prejudice and discrimination could eventually contribute to physiological wear and tear thereby increasing the health risk and uh so jones the sister jones the head of the afia center she was saying that you know we go into these facilities they speak condescendingly uh to us they rush us through the process they downplay when we talk about what our symptoms are and that goes back all the way to slavery when you had the father of uh gynecology Uh, i forgot the man's name but he did all these experiments on uh uh black women slave female slaves and it was under the guise of the uh the falsehood that black folks didn't feel no pain or they had a higher pain tolerance than other groups of people and then you also have to look at it it's even being practiced today in modern medicine uh just how this woman said before just with the quote that i said that you know they rush them through the process they downplay the pain that they're suffering and things of that source and it's uh and i believe there was another recent uh study that showed how black patients are treated differently from other minority groups and white folks so it's that whole you know that super nigga shit you know that whole think think thought of these black folks can uh suffer peacefully they can take all this pain and shit like that and a lot of times you know these doctors and nurses will be you know it'll be a first time black mother and they'll you know rush them through the process like they they're on their fucking fourth child or something like that so there's there's huge um 
factors that's going into what's affecting uh, black women who, who are out here giving birth and, you know, uh, you know, coming close to death or even dying from it. And uh, one of the and another main thing is, uh, you know, poor women living in food deserts, too, you know, eating unhealthy, um, not being healthy when they're conceiving and uh things of that sort and so there's another article that the la times uh ran and it was expanded more on the afaya uh center and uh there's actually another woman in texas who's uh getting some black doulas together which are like midwives uh they help you know educate the women on uh what they're going to go through in their pregnancy help them with the medical forms and things like that and kind of just work as the bridge between you know the doctors and nurses and to the patient um and you know they're 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 there it's sort of like a midwife but it's i think it's a little bit less than that um but still uh you know it's a great thing to see uh people respond to this crisis that's going on but my problem uh with that whole tweet that original tweet is saying something like that it's just basically if you get pregnant hey you might as well just have an abortion because you could die you know that's that sensationalism that um it's just that that's scaring you into uh doing some shit that fits their agenda now i don't have any problem with a woman uh having her choices her body her choice absolutely but i feel like if you're in a committed relationship and you know you get pregnant you know y'all get pregnant together you, the man and the woman it needs to be a heart-to-heart -heart discussion about it and don't just go off and do it and just leave the the guy just sitting in the wind you know like fuck you know because you you just you just never know what's going to happen in those type of situations but to uh but the reason that i'm bringing this up is is because that we're seeing so much white fright going on right now we're seeing we've seen so many articles come out in 2015 2016 talking about how the, the baby boomer generation is dying off um a lot of them you know weren't having too many kids or their kids aren't having kids so and then in about 17 states right now you're seeing that uh white folks are dying faster than they're giving birth so you're seeing all these stories and then all of a sudden you got this uh quote-unquote epidemic of black women dying at a higher rate than any other group for giving birth but at the grand total the cdc tells you is 700 women dying a year out of 158 million so that's why i have this as selling hope like dope this portion of do rags and boat shoes has been brought to you by the letter l as in hey yo my guy my hands are full give me a hand here can you hold this l all right so holding the l this week has to be your man stephen a smith i know y'all saw last week where he was beefing with jr smith going back and forth about the new uh nike warm-up hoodies uh this is a little bit crazy because uh he was beefing with jr smith about him rocking his hoodie on the sidelines uh you know he was trying to make a point stephen a smith i don't give a damn about the black community and uh he was trying to make a point about uh jr smith not um taking the whole Dwayne Wade uh, starting over him position you know he wasn't taking it right and all this other bullshit but here's where Stephen A. Smith has to hold this L um he made so this is the comments that he said um he said I don't know he's in game one when they played against Boston J.R. Smith was sitting on that bench with a hoodie on I don't know why the hell Nike made these damn uniforms that had hoods attached to it, by the way. You got a lot of white folks in the audience that are going to think this is Trayvon Martin being revisited, and I'm not joking about it. The bench is no place for someone to be wearing hoodies. Uh, sir, why are we uh, taking into account white folks' feelings about some hoods on a uniform? and what are you trying to say uh nike did that basically because you know before adidas had the contract with the nba there was no hoods on the uniforms i think it was uh just trying to team up with uh carmelo anthony who was under nike via jordan brand and he was out here being hoodie mellow you know uh 
he was uh, bodying folks, uh, your fellow superstars that y'all like. He was bodying them when he was working out in New York and he was playing in a full on hoodie, he had it tied tight. And uh, so we had to hashtag hoodie mellow. And so I think Nike was just trying to capitalize off of that publicity. But on top of that, let me go back to Adidas when they had the uh, track jackets and things like that, when they had the contract with the NBA. Now Nike has it. But back when Adidas had it last season, last few seasons prior to Nike getting the contract this season, uh, you know, you would see players on the bench. You know, they be they they dress up full to keep warm, you know, so they won't because the marinas be cold sometimes. And, uh, you know, you, you just want to stay warm. You don't want to cramp up or anything like that. So you throw on your, your pants, your jacket, and then most players put a towel over their head like a hood because you're losing the most heat from the top of your head. So you just want to keep that kind of recirculating. So Nike was like, OK, well, let's make these jackets, you know, uh, with the dry fit material that wicks away sweat, but also keeps the heat inside. So that's why you have a hood on there. And so I'm just trying to figure out, Stephen A. Smith, um, what were you trying to say when you said this is going to remind white folks of Trayvon Martin when everyone in the league has these jackets with their specific team's emblem on it and colorway with a hood? What are you trying to say here? Are you saying that black men in hoods is going to remind white folks of Trayvon Martin and remind them of the injustices that that Martin family suffered. Are you trying to say that? Like, help me out here, because I, I just don't know where you're getting. And I have a huge problem with Stephen A. Smith because he talks greasy about black folks. But as soon as he uh, says something about, you know, a white community or something like that, ESPN always reprimands him and sits him down. And then he even gets suspended. Uh, remember what happened when uh he was speaking about, I believe it was the Ray Rice situation, and then a white uh, woman, a fellow sportscaster on ESPN, got offended, and then I think they suspended his ass for a couple of days, and he came back on apologizing. He was very humble. And this is another reason that black folks really need to take over the entertainment business. Like, we need to stop being on air and personalities and being in front of the camera and start making power moves behind the camera because we are the culture. No matter what you say, I mean, you look at ESPN right now with Jamel Hill and Michael Smith. I mean, they bring in a whole new flavor to ESPN. They're bringing people in, you know. And uh, like I said, like black folks been driving the culture since I don't know when. You even go back and look at the look at the the 90s up until I would say up until Napster. Hip hop was what the tech industry is now. Everything from clothes music pop culture a lot of people made a lot of money off of black bodies and black talent a lot of people a lot of people did you seen the boom of timberland tommy hill figure ralph Lauren polo just a lot of and then mtv uh bet had a great run uh you know with rap city in the basement uh magazine spreads uh, a lot of people made a lot of money off of hip hop, a lot of people, and a lot of them folks don't look like the people who was in front of the camera and who was doing all the heavy lifting and their creativity and talent. That's all that I am saying about this. Um, but yeah, Stephen A is uh, Stephen A is very problematic. Uh, his show is failing. Um, but he's doing what he can to keep the lights on. He knows he can talk greasy and crazy about black folks up and down. And me getting back to my original point, we need to be behind the scenes of the entertainment industry because, you know, we are content creators. We're very creative people. Black folks are. And I just want to see black folks to start getting these checks. And so it, it bothers me a lot when you see somebody like Jay-Z make that transition from being, you know, just a rapper in front of the thing to becoming an owner and doing his own thing. And people are like, oh, he's in bed with the Jews. He's a Jewish puppet. The Illuminati has him. And it's just like, y'all just can't believe that a brother can just come up and uh, use a, a tight social game and networking game to get his piece of the pie you know he has to be a devil worshiper he has to be a puppet for somebody because you can't see it 
another brother or a sister you know they shit on his wife too these are two people who are worth almost who are worth over a billion dollars and now it's just oh well they sold they sold that's all that is but they just played the capitalism game to the utmost degree and they got paid what they are worth and hopefully you can see you'll be paid what you're worth that's why i say we need to be more behind the scenes of this entertainment thing because you won't have people like stephen a smith talking down and uh trying to appease to people that don't look like him you know he could speak unapologetically as opposed to speaking unapologetically to his own people and down shitting on them to get a check so stephen a smith please hold this hell you win perfect all right so moving on to not all heroes wear capes we have to give it to the uh, former twitter employee who uh did what most uh people would do if they had the chance to do is delete donald trump's twitter account so if you don't know you've been sleeping under a rock last week uh when last week about five days ago five six days ago uh, donald trump's twitter account was down for about 11 12 minutes twitter came out and was like oh we're sorry for the uh, technical difficulties difficult blah, blah, blah. Uh, man, i need some water technical difficulties and uh then later on they fessed up and said that it was a former customer service employee whose last day uh was that day that they deleted the twitter account it was very peaceful for those 11 12 minutes and um man that that is that is just something dope to do on your last day to be that actual person you'd be like yo i deleted trump's twitter account because your man's be talking reckless like he be on there talking like he don't have a job like he's not running the country like he's just sitting up like just sitting up on the couch with fox news playing and just get firing off some tweets like that's all that he does man it must feel good to be king but uh shout out to that uh twitter employee former twitter employee for having the the gusto the gall to do what everybody's been wanting to do and fuck twitter for uh you know reinstate reinstating the account like that not all heroes wear capes some of y'all fight the good fight all right so moving on the last portion of the show health over wealth you know what i say without your health you cannot enjoy your wealth and this quote this is an anonymous quote it's been said a lot i think it needs to be heard again uh, and this is about hustling and making shit happens all right it says stop waiting for things to happen go out and make them happen so what inspired me to use that anonymous quote was uh the events that transpired for your man uh tyrese uh, he was beefing uh with Dwayne the rock johnson uh, a few weeks back about a week back or so just talking greasy about him talking about how he's holding up production on the next fast and furious movie um how this is a family he's fucking up the you know the family and all this other shit so you just thought it was a social media beef then the truth comes out so he makes this video of him crying i'm paying thirteen thousand dollars a month what more do you want from me my baby my baby you know making this video crying and talking about how he got all these millionaire friends billionaire friends that ain't looking out for him and shit like that and so that's that's what's happening he's going broke um he's dealing with a custody battle for his daughter and he's broke the child support the 13 racks a month is breaking him um i don't i i you know it's one of those things where i i don't feel sorry for this man uh because he can use his his face his likeness uh to hustle other side projects my man could have been on ig uh pushing flat tummy tea he could have been on there um selling some kind of t-shirt he could go he could do some modeling he could do something he could be out there hustling but he's on here on ig crying boohooing and shit like that nobody likes to see a weak man i don't care what color you are nobody likes to see a weak man it's just 
it's just you're not allowed to have that sort of privilege especially when you're in the public eye to be out here crying and boo-hooing and then have the audacity to be out here talking about you got these millionaire friends and nobody's checking on you and shit like that people got lives bro these millionaire friends that you got they out there hustling they're out there making their making their money work for them or they're out there on the grind getting it and so you shit it on another man for doing his own thing because that's the only money you got coming in is them fast and furious checks and that makes me think like what are you doing with your money you just tricking it off you just bullshitting blowing it like what the fuck are you doing because i know those are multi-million dollar contracts that you're getting from the fast and furious franchise and then what about your music you know i was listening to uh ism radio uh they had a uh, episode with Claudia Jordan on there she was talking about how Tyrese was being a diva with the TGT uh, group you know Tyrese uh, Genuine and Tank and uh, that's what broke up the group because they was making money on tour and shit like that but Tyrese thought he was bigger than what he actually was and I know he's having some regrets right now so this man is just boohooing and shit like that and I'm gonna tell you something grown man it's okay to cry in the dark it's okay to let your frustrations out you know, and talk to somebody, you know, like your wife or a therapist or something or let the shit out with your boys. But don't go out, you know, boohooing the strangers because strangers are unforgiving and the Internet is the wild, wild west. We've had many memes come out about this situation, many music videos. And, uh, you know, it's a sad sight to see what's going on, because when you're on that level of being a uh, superstar or a movie star whatever you want to call it in a public light you're not living paycheck to paycheck you might get like a check for like 300 like three mil here you know uh you know after taxes you know shit what you taking home by 1.7 or something like that something crazy after everybody get their cut and then it's just oh okay i got this this 1.7 to last me until you know hey i do the next movie or something like that but in between time with them big checks coming in every few months you know every six seven months not even that but it could be a year you could have just made that in a year but in between those big checks you need to be out here hustling you know he should have been on tour with tgt should have been hustling that album should have been doing some modeling could have been doing some smaller movies could have been doing some tv shows and getting little ten thousand, twelve thousand, you know, thirty thousand dollar checks here. I'm saying that's little, but I take that check in a heartbeat. I know any of my listeners would too. You have to be out here on your grind. So he's up here boohooing and crying and all this other shit. And what makes this scenario so much weaker is that Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith are wiring him and his wife five million dollars to help, uh, you know, alleviate some of this stress of what the legal fees and what he's going through and that's all that he wanted that's all he wanted he just wanted a handout he didn't want to get out here and put his nose to the grindstone and do his thing he wanted somebody to bail him out and that's exactly what's happening that's exactly what's happening so when he runs through this five mil here you know piss that off and you know to the lawyers and all this other shit you know, it still might not be time for another Fast and Furious movie or some shit. He gonna be out here boo-hooing and hooting and hollering and crying again, you know. So this is a very dangerous situation that Will and Jada did to donate that money to him to help him. Because a lot of times, tough love is the best love for a man. I'll tell you that right now. I'm gonna tell that to all my fellas out there raising their sons. To my ladies out here raising their sons, tough love is the best love once once that child is old enough is like in their teens i'm gonna say like 14 15 i'll say 14 through 18 till they up out your house you gotta hit them with that tough love you know because the world is a cold place to a man specifically a black man so you can't be out here boo-hooing and look begging and crying and getting mad for a handout because don't nobody know where you're coming from you're a grown man being emotional you know being emotionally unstable out here so it could turn violent so somebody gonna get you before you get them and you might not even be trying to get them you just crying because you need some money and you boohooing and being extra emotional but 
you know, people could interpret that the wrong way. Next thing you know, somebody's blowing your brains out in these streets. So you have to be able to hustle and be tough. The world is a very, very cold place, a very cold place. Most people are just concerned about their own family and what's going on in their inner circle and what affects them directly. Okay, nobody wants to hear about you boohooing and crying and shit like that. Okay, you are make it's hard for people to feel sorry for somebody out here making millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and millions of dollars time after time, but you up here boohooing, you know, about paying child support and shit like that. It's a cold world, it's tough, but you're gonna have to figure out how to hustle and use your your brand to you know get them funds up you might have to liquidate some stuff you know let some of them cars go downgrade a house or something you know that's what you have to do out here like that you just gonna have to let some shit go i remember when i was sleeping in my truck oh man back in what was this uh 2011 uh around 2012 uh not too long ago um you know i was I was out there getting it, working temp jobs, working like two, three temp jobs at the same time. I was I unloaded all my sneakers and shit like that just to have like uh, stay at a hotel for a week and shit like that. You just have to do what you can to survive. I wasn't asking nobody for no money. I just was just selling shit. Every fucking thing that I had, I let go because I'm just like, yo, I need to get this money in my pocket. I need a place warm to stay. Can't keep, keep sleeping in these Walmart park parking lots in my truck and shit like that. So I know firsthand what it's like to just, you know, just be at the bottom bottom. You know what I'm saying? But you just have to get it. You have to hustle. You have to get it. You have to know that you can bounce back. And that's something that I always know. I could lose it all today and I'd be right back on top of six months, five, six months, you know. But uh, yeah, you, you really have to hustle out here. You have to hustle. But if you have a platform like Tyrese, Tyrese should never be in that position where somebody is having to give you money alone. You should never be in that position. You should not ever be in that position when you have a brand like that. That's what I'm saying. And for my everyday nine to five folks, be smart with your money have a rainy day fund always have a fuck it fund save your money it should be at least you know four to six months worth of your bills that's everything from your mortgage slash rent your car note uh, and your utilities phone bill uh and your uh food uh you know uh stipend or your food your grocery bills it should be all that you should be able to take care of yourself for a, a minimum i would say a minimum three months three to six months just so you could you would be a-okay if your job let you go you know that's what it's all about and that's also a benefit of having a partner you know whatever your preference is you know if you you know gay straight bi whatever having somebody on your team that motivates you and you motivate them to keep grinding and getting this money and building a, a great life for each other that's that's one major benefit of being in a relationship you know of having somebody there who's that battery in your back and to call you out on your bullshit when you're slipping that's another great benefit of having a wonderful partner with you all right so that's all I got for y'all this episode. Nothing but love and respect to y'all. And I will have another episode up very soon. I love y'all. One.